This week on Access Louisville, we're going to talk about September music festivals. They're wrapping up. Could this become a bigger thing for Louisville? Plus, Kevin Kogan's One Park Project gets a hearing. We're going to hear about what happened at a long meeting for reporter Marty Finley. And we also got a couple other commercial real estate projects in the work that, that he can tell us about. It's going to be a good one. Stick around. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Haley Cawthon. Hi there. And Marty Finley. How's it going? Access Louisville is a weekly show from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news and the sharpest opinions on the city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. But before we do that, I'm going to start this show the way I always do, with a difficult question for our panel. Guys, Louder Than Life wrapped up this weekend. It was the last festival in what's being called Trifesta. Trifesta includes three music festivals, Hometown Rising, Bourbon and Beyond, and Louder Than Life. And uh, they're collectively, expect, they were expected to attract about 200,000 attendees. We haven't gotten a uh, final tally yet. Uh, so a couple of us went. Marty, you didn't go, but, uh, but I'm sure you've, you've been to lots of concerts before. So I'm gonna, the question I'm going to ask you is, what's, Haley, what's something that you liked from the show or disliked? And then Marty, uh, tell us about a, uh, an outdoor concert you've been to that you would like to see uh, you know, some feature of uh, implemented at Louder Than Life. So Haley, I'll start with you. What did you think of uh, Louder Than Life? Uh, I thought the music was great. Uh, all of the bands that played were um, pretty pretty good. I don't have any complaints in terms of like bands just being crappy, other than Marilyn Manson, who was kind of crappy. Was he? Yes. I was, I was wondering. He like, just screams, and I, you can't distinguish any of the lyrics, and like no one was very tuned into his show just because it wasn't it like... It was like the last show? No, it was... It was the second or third to last. Third to last. Rob Zombie and Disturbed play after, okay, played it. after him, and he was just blah. I was curious about going to Marilyn Manson, but I, I ended up skipping that one. That, so. You made the right call there. <laughs> um, so other than Marilyn Manson, um, I also thought the venue wasn't necessarily the right fit. It was really, really crowded, really dusty, really hot. Right. Uh, parking was also an issue because you paid $20 to park, and then mm-hmm. my husband and I... Uh, we actually walked about a mile to get into the actual gate. Yeah, same. I thought the the couple gripes I had about the venue, not just the parking, uh, you're right about it being dusty and hot, and I thought it was like, it was too small for as many people as there were. Exactly. Um, It was very compact, and even when you went to places where you could stretch out, which were way back in the back, uh, they were kind of, it was just dead grass and, and not a lot of shade. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I really didn't like the venue. I hope they find something new. Um, Marty, we were talking about this yesterday. Um, you said how long of a uh, contract is, I want to say it's a 10 year lease uh, and they're going to pay. That's a long time. They're going to pay, you know, a certain amount of money every year. I want to say it's something in the neighborhood of 50 grand to, to lease the space. Can't they just pay out that contract or something? Well, you know, I mean, (laughs) obviously these, (laughs) these, most of these deals have opt out clauses. So if they find a venue that's more suitable, I'm sure they could, they'd have to pay a little money, but they could opt out. Yeah. Waterfront park. The problem, if you (laughs) you recall, the reason they were kind of scrambling for a new venue is because champions park 
flooded out last year. Right. It's in a floodplain. It's not a good spot for a for a yeah. big festival. They had had that festival several, uh, for for about th- for three yeah. four years down there. Yeah, I think Water of the Life started first, and then Bourbon and Beyond had started, and then and then it got yeah. rained out. Um, bad Champions Park. Uh, yeah, like Haley said, I, I love Waterfront Park. Uh, I think these uh, collectively they're definitely bigger than Fort Castle. So maybe it's just a problem. I of, think it's a logistics thing with yeah. With, you know, ha- having to basically set aside Waterfront Park for three weekends. Yeah, and they keep the it's same stage tough. up. They yeah. keep the same vendor booth. Yeah. So it would yeah. basically be shutting down Waterfront Park. But I think Waterfront Park would probably be, in my mind, the most ideal location. Yeah. I think it would be a great location, but I can only imagine, like, the damage that <laughs> all yeah. those festival goers would do to the nice Barely grassy Manson areas. Barely Manson hurt Waterfront Park. One other thing we were chatting about yesterday, casually in the discussion, uh, Haley, you mentioned that uh, you couldn't come and go as you pleased at this uh, festival. Which yeah, kind of um, so I've been to Forecastle several times. I started going to that when I was in high school. Um, and at Lottery Than Life, they don't have a reentry policy. Even if you have a three-day ticket price, they don't let you go in and out, you know, go grab a bite to eat, right. pull off, which I think is really hard to do when it's 90 degrees outside and there's no place to sit in the shade. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I think it's kind of exhausting uh, if you don't have some kind of reentry option. Plus it's good for business that you yeah. can leave Forecastle. You can go to Troll Pub or Against the Grain or wherever. And, and then, you know, that yeah. way you're helping the local economy by being here in town. Exactly. Festival, so. I mean, it's not helping the vendors within the actual festival, but it's helping Louisville overall. Mm. So, I mean, it's a double-edged sword there especially for festival organizers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I don't think there would be any reason to leave the uh, fairgrounds and come back because you would have to walk 20 minutes to your car, yes. uh, drive 20 minutes to you know some yeah. destination, restaurant, whatever, and then do it all over yeah. again. It's just to come good back. to have it's that option. Convenient. You want that flexibility. Yeah, or and even you know, like a parking re-entry even small ticket venues, or something. Yeah. Even small venues, they stamp your hand. You go in and out. Yeah, I, I think festivals could do the same thing. It wouldn't be that hard. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, uh, Marty and uh, and like I said, you weren't at this one, but uh, any any favorite outdoor festivals or concerts? Yeah, that, I've seen uh, several shows at Waterfront Park. There's usually one offs. Um, my favorite. I saw the Truckers last year. They're Waterfront Wednesday. They were really good. Yeah. And then, but my absolute favorite, one of my favorite shows ever, was My Morning Jacket about ten years ago at yeah. Waterfront Park. That place was packed out. I don't know how many people was there, but at least 25, 30,000 people came to that show. Uh, I think a lot of my friends went to that and show. It was and I've been really hearing about well it for done. 10 really years good. now. It's, so. It was a glorious show. <laughs> Love them for them to do something like that again or see more bands do a big show like that, just a blowout show. But yeah, definitely that's one of the reasons I think it would be a great venue for this festival because it was so such a good venue for this show. Yeah. It's a great place for big shows. So. Uh, one more question, then I'll move on to commercial real estate, which is what everyone's here to talk about anyway. They don't want to hear about concerts. Um, this uh, uh, promoter that's put on all these three concerts, or these three festivals, uh, is called Danny Wimmer Presents, and they're out of Los Angeles. And I talked to the CEO of Danny Wimmer Presents a few months ago for a story that we published, and he said he wants to grow these three festivals into something uh, on the par with uh, South by Southwest in Austin. Um, just judging by what you saw, the the numbers that they attracted for this, do you think you guys think that's a possibility that this could be something that Louisville is famous for? Haley, I'll start with you. I've I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I think people come to Louisville for their 
entertainment options here. There's yeah. a lot of good concerts, a lot of good food, a lot of good just opportunities to do different things like bourbon distillery yeah, people tours. People in surrounding areas, you know, Bardstown was where I'm from, and, and you're from southern Indiana. Southern Indiana. Regionally, Louisville is a fun city to go to, so I think Louisville would do well to capitalize on that and really, you know, embrace these festivals for what they are. Um People being negative about it yeah. are just kind of resistant. Yeah, to a lot of people were negative. They they say, "Oh, that could never be South by Southwest." I'm like, Southwest. we don't have to be exactly South by Southwest. Yeah, and Southwest South by Southwest didn't start as some was, giant thing. You know, it started out pretty small. I think the crowd for that was smaller than what those three festivals attracted this year. Yeah. So you know, and most of these festivals start out kind of small and then get bigger. These big festivals, so. Yeah. I you think know. based on the attendance at Louder Than Life, like for sure, it would be it well huge. attended. It was jam packed every night. Uh, like another good example is Bonnaroo. It started out really small, yeah, in a field in 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 Manchester. Tennessee, in Manchester, Tennessee, <laughs> yeah. And now it's one of the biggest festivals in the country. Yeah, yeah. So you know these things don't never start out huge. They start yeah. out small. And, and I, you know, I don't know that there's a lot of cities that have three weekends of festivals. Three different genres attracting this many yeah. people. I mean, I think it's really special that they're doing this. Yeah. I hope it continues to grow. I don't think the exposition center is the place for it to do so. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I guess we'll just see how that shakes out and what people think of it. Um, anyway, I'm going to move us on to talk about one part, everybody's favorite topic. Um, Marty was at a uh, late meeting this week listening to the community react to the One Park proposal. Uh, so, Marty, uh, first tell us what One Park is, and then uh, tell us about this meeting that you went to. Yeah, One Park is a project that's been on the books now for about four years. Uh, Kevin Kogan, one of our local developers, he uh, had this vision uh, several years ago to build a mixed-use development. Uh, as originally proposed, it had three towers, the largest being 34 stories there at Lexington and Gridstead. It's mm -hmm. a little island kind of a three-acre island of properties there that he owns. Mm -hmm. That's where Lemu is, if you're not familiar with it. Um, and like I said, this thing was uh, pretty impressive looking just from the scale. Uh, in April, he uh, downsized that quite a bit because they'd had a dozen meetings uh, over the last few years, and people kept saying, it's too tall, it's too dense. Traffic's going to be a nightmare here at this intersection. It already is. It's going to be much worse with this thing. Yeah. So um, he finally... Um, you know, after being resistant to, to downsizing it, he did uh, quite a bit. He slashed two of the towers completely out of the plan. The one remaining tower is now 18 stories, so instead of being a high-rise, it's going to go to a mid-rise. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're wondering where the use is, you know, there'd be restaurants, retail, maybe some office, maybe a grocery store, mm -hmm. uh, a hotel. They're looking to get a high-end hotel for the tower. Mm -hmm. And then a, quite a few apartments, I think 421 apartments. Uh, so it's going to be a mix of uses. Uh, a little bit different for Louisville. We've got apartments, we've got hotels, we've got restaurants. We've not really had one it puts it all in one big one big project. And you got stuff downtown, but nothing yep. like uh, in the Highlands, yep. nothing like yep. that. So that's that's kind of where this yeah, is. The closest thing we would have to this is the Omni downtown with yeah. the hotel, you know, residences and retail all in one one space. So this was a zoning hearing that you went to. Yeah, they are they're asking to rezone it from a um, from C two to what they call a PDD, a plan development district, which is a special designation. Yeah, uh, and this has been this. Zoning hearing has been about three years in the making. Like I said, they had all these neighborhood meetings first. Mm -hmm. uh, the meeting ended up going o over six hours. It started at 630. Oh, we man. walked out of there almost one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. There wasn't a vote. They postponed the vote because there was so much testimony. You I don't think, want to make a decision. Yeah. At 1245. <laughs> um, you know, they heard from opponents and supporters. It. 
and they've postponed that to October 17th at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. That's mostly going to be deliberation, and then they would make a recommendation either yes or no. They're not going to take additional comment. I don't think so. I, I think they're going to maybe clarify a few points that were not clear with the with the applicant and then deliberate, and then they will make a vote. Even if they vote against it, it will still go to Metro Council for them to make a final decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but usually the, the Planning Commission's recommendation helps the project. It's more favorable usually. Gotcha. So you, that's, the, that's the next step. You were telling me earlier this week that um, this wasn't so much a discussion on one park as it was on the overall future of the city and what direction we're going in as a city. So it really became a referendum on a yeah. lot of growth things. We saw this with Topgolf too. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, I think Topgolf and One Park have become symbols in the business community for here's things that we need Progress, to, be more, yeah. to be more successful, to attract more talent. We've got cool things, but we need more cool things to get people to come here and want to spend money here, but also want to move here. We, we like tourists, but we want more residents. Yeah. Moving here, you know, buying homes, investing. You're saying in population the growth has been flat. Yeah, it's been fairly flat. Stuff um, like this, kind and of this would help. Uh, or these—that's the belief by the supporters and the applicant that this would help mm-hmm. bring something a little bit different to to the community. Something exciting that young people will want. To there were still some concerns about the hot, about the density, about the uses, about yeah. the traffic. But it seemed like a lot of supporters were getting, or opponents were getting up and saying, "Look, this is a cool area already. You got Cave Hill Cemetery. You got Cherokee Park." This isn't downtown. This project would be great downtown, but we don't want it here. Mm-hmm. And as far as us becoming Indianapolis or Cincinnati or Nashville, I don't want that. I used to live in one of those cities or another big city, and I moved to Louisville because to get away from I wanted that. a little bit smaller city that still had cool amenities, that had these cool neighborhoods that, you know, why are we trying to be cookie cutter or being trying to emulate somebody else? Yeah. So it was a really interesting conversation that kind of, like I said, sort of shifted as the night went on. Marty was live tweeting this and I was following his tweets and it seemed like a major argument of it was Louisville is known for having unique, distinctive neighborhoods that are for residents. Um, And so that was a major argument that, you know, why would we want to change these neighborhoods? And I had several, after I retweeted Marty's tweet, I had several um, inputs on that saying that city is resistant to change or, you know, always doomed to fail um, in that sense. So, um, I just think the neighborhood debate's interesting since I haven't, I'm not originally from here. Yeah, the neighborhood debate's interesting to me, but as far as that intersection, like, yeah, there's some houses back there on, you yeah. know, but that's not like you're building it yeah, in I the middle of I, Germantown. I think the difference here with the Top Golf debate, there was homes fairly close to the mall. Right. And they're saying, this is going to be shining into my house. You know, it's going to be so loud I won't be able to sleep Golfers are going to be My uh, dog's going to lose their mind. Balls through windows. Uh, Yeah, there was actually some concern about that. (laughs) With this, it's it's less, we live nearby. It's more that Cherokee Park's nearby, Cave Hill Cemetery's nearby. Mm -hmm. We don't want to um, ruin what these (laughs) great community, and they think this is going to potentially impact Cave Hill Cemetery. There was actually a discussion about blasting, if they would have to do any blasting, and could that impact Cave Hill or damage yeah. it in any way? Yeah. So uh, that's another cool that's one side. thing I didn't think about. Did they have an answer for that? They are still, because they don't know for sure if they're going to be need to blast. Yeah. And so they're working on, you know, how to deal with that and, and how to work with Cave Hill to, yeah. you know, kind of lessen any impact. But that seemed to be, it made me more of a debate about these cultural amenities. Let's make sure that they're not desecrated by this 
large project. Yeah. Well, um, I guess we'll just stay tuned on this one. When did you say the next vote? October 7th, 8th. I'm expecting a vote. We should know something in about two weeks or so. All right. So keep, uh, keep your eye on uh, our website. I'm sure Marty will be all over that one when it comes up. And I bet we talk about it on this podcast again at, at that point. Uh, you had a couple other commercial real estate uh projects uh one was on broadway right um yes. tell me a little bit about that yeah so there's a building there it's a former bank of louisville building mm -hmm. it's been vacant mostly vacant for mm -hmm. a while now mm -hmm. uh, an affiliate of luckett and farley a local architect engineer firm is also getting into development they um they purchased it about two years ago but had been kind of sitting on it we didn't know what they were going to do right this week they um basically sent a, a letter to the metro council that they want a TILF it would be capped if you're not familiar with tax increment financing. So money from that once you do, once you get something that's generating tax money and revenue and, and income generating you portion could, of that you could get a portion of that instead of going to the to the state or to the local government it would go to the developer to help yeah. kind of pay for that cost. But they proposed a fifty million dollar hotel there that mm -hmm. would be built in the existing footprint of the office building. It'd be getting retrofitted. Mm -hmm. And uh, be about 195 rooms. We don't know the brand. They said that they're not trying to get too specific yet because they want to see if they get the tail. If they don't, they're not going to do it. I don't know if they'll sell the building and try to just find another developer to do something else or what. But you know, we were really kind of curious. I've been I've been curious ever since they bought it what they're going to do there. Mm -hmm. And I was happy to see that something is seems to be some movement there. But yeah. um, and then another um, another thing planned near the Omni, um, but. It looks like it's a it's it's a ways off, and there's gonna there's gonna be a fight. There's about gonna this. be a fight. Um, this is the Odd Fellows Building. It's there, Third uh, and Muhammad, I believe. Is it uh, Second and Muhammad? Or Second and Muhammad? You're correct. Yeah. So it's it's kind of kind of near the near the Omni. Yeah. And um, they're off Muhammad Ali Boulevard. If you see, I'm sure most people in town have driven by that building many times. Yeah. It's a four story building. It's, it was an office building. Uh, Omni was actually using it while they were kind of building the Omni. The Some of these officials yeah. and stuff were using it. Um, they've basically argued that this building is, uh, to repair the building, renovate it, will cost a lot, that the drinking water, you can't drink the water in there, that it's just got a lot of problems, and it needs to be demolished mm -hmm. uh, to make way for what they're calling an indoor and outdoor entertainment area, I think, that would complement the Omni. I have no idea what that They really like. don't have a plan yet. No, they it? said it's still under development. I asked the GM this week once this came out, I said, can you tell me anything about the size, the uses? He said, we don't have that yet. We want to kind of see if the city's going to approve our, you know, they haven't even applied yeah. for the wrecking permit yet. So how this all came out was they put a sign on the door that said they were going to demolish. <laughs> yeah, right? and yeah, notice of intent to demolish, which is unusual. It's before. not how you do this kind of not thing. Normal, normally you wouldn't put that up before the wrecking permit was given, but there is a sign up. Yeah. Like I said, Omni put out a lengthy statement this week. I guess as part of their deal to buy the land with the city, they had to come up with some type of use before the end of 2019, so that's why we're hearing about it now. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you like you said it could be a ways off even before they apply for the permit. So we could this would be something way down the road. Uh, but yes, I expect we've already heard from a council member or two that plans to fight it. Right. Uh, uh, there's some people, some preservationists local that want to try to get it designated a landmark, which mm -hmm. would basically ban demolition. Yeah. This was tried with the Louisville Water Company building where the Omni is now, but it failed. Yeah. They did put it they in storage up. and they they worked the facade of the building into the existing footprint of the omni but they had to move that to build the omni and there was some like i said a fight to, to stop that and yeah that would have basically stopped the omni and at that point i think it was too big of a the snowball the was ball too big was to rolling stop. Yeah. yeah all right well that'll be another one to keep our eye on i'm sure we'll be watching that one 
Uh, I'm going to wrap the show up there. We're going to we're doing a shorter show this week. Uh, you might also notice that we're a day or so behind on posting the show. We had some technical difficulties earlier in the week, which uh, is has put us behind. So uh, that is why we're doing a shorter one today. Uh, before we sign off, though, uh, I'll go around the room and let you guys share your social media handles, just in case you want to get in touch with uh, either of our panelists today. Uh, Haley, start with you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BF Lou Haley. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, all the major social the media things. outlets. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, how about you, Marty? I am at uh, BF Lou Marty. Twitter's my primary source to kind of interact with. I'm live tweeting a lot of these hearings as I go to them, and as, as Haley noted. And I'm also on uh, LinkedIn. I'm trying to get more involved there since a lot of our readers are very active yeah, on LinkedIn. Sure. And I'm on Facebook. It's It's a personal account, but... You know, you can hit me up there, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Twitter at BFLouDavid, and I'm on Instagram at DMan3001. And I guess the uh, the Instagram one's kind of personal, but not really. So feel free to follow me to either of those places. I'll probably put more news on uh, Twitter. Um, so that's our show. Uh, if you are uh, uh, not already, I would love to have you subscribe. You can uh, find us on popular podcast services such as Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and others. Um, thank you, Haley and Marty. And thank you guys for listening at home. Till next time, bye.